Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion 1312. Live, Tuesdays 9 to 10 p.m. on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM or streaming 4ZZZ.org.au. Podcasts and related content available at subversion1312.org and channel0network.com. Conclusion? We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organization, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality, and freedom.
Good evening and welcome to Subversion 1312. We're broadcasting on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the area known as Brisbane, where we broadcast the Turbul and Jagara and the imperial colonization and subsequent occupation of this country. We pay our respects to elders both past and present and the continuing struggle for justice. Sovereignty was never ceded. We commit to supporting Aboriginal struggles. On tonight's program, I'm joined by members of the Queer Anti-Colonial Action Bitches. Uh, (laughs) Ellen and Taylor and I'll say that again so the queer anti-colonial action bitches and I didn't realise but I didn't think about it A-C-A-B 1312 (laughs) so all cops are bastards queer uh, anti-colonial action bitches so it's a Brisbane based group who were active recently at the Climate March and Pride Rally. And uh, they're a collective of queer and trans activists, workers, students, families and community organisers who've come together to help resist the ongoing occupation of First Nations lands and waters by the Australian settler colonial regime. So thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. It was a good match. Thanks for having us. And I asked you to come in because of the actions which happened at the Pride March and the Climate March. And we also went to a a vigil which was held for the Indigenous woman who was murdered by police in Western Australia. Joyce Clark. Yeah, that kind of all kind of conglomerated into a like two days of of action mm. yeah. thanks to Marty for doing the show last week I was unwell so he did the show last week but Taylor and Ellen were coming in last week be- because of this action that had happened so can you tell me how the group got together it's actually sort of interesting yeah so uh, it happened pretty quickly uh, kind of at the start of September uh, a couple of the folks uh, had been just kind of talking about pride and how much it sucks that cops march in uniform and how corporate it's gotten, all of that. And I think they actually just wanted to kind of organise a group to go and yell at cops at first. Um, and then that kind of grew and some they got some more people involved who had um, we'd kind of been involved with uh, People's Pride and No Pride in Police and some other uh, kind of previous groups that have resisted kind of cops at Pride and corporations at Pride. And so we kind of started to yeah, build and decide to do something um, at this year's Pride. And then also kind of happening at the same time as that, uh, some of us had been talking with uh, some of the folks from war, um, Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, about their plans to build for uh, 2020 and resisting the 250th anniversary of kind of invasion um, and all of that. And they wanted a bunch of groups operating around the country, uh, like anti-colonial action groups, uh, kind of based off the Asian anti-colonial action, um, sorry, Asian anti-colonial alliance in Sydney. And uh, Meg, one of the organisers there, was just like, how is uh, the anti-colonial action Brisbane, or ACAB for short, uh, not been taken as a group? Mm. And so we kind of took that and ran with it and turned into queer ACAB, queer anti-colonial action bitches. Um, to make it kind of the queer version of um, yeah, that original ACAB thing. So I guess, yeah, it kind of had those two things. So we've got the immediate stuff with Pride, but then also longer-term visions of organising into 2020 um, and helping kind of be part of that resistance. Okay, so, and you are going to be active at the the Extinction Rebellion <laughs> rebellion. It's a bit controversial. Like. So controversial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but uh, I took it as, yeah, th- showing a presence and kind of resist sort of uh, being a juxtaposition to to the Extinction Rebellion and their love affair with the police and the mm. state. I think building on what um, Taylor has said about how the group came into being, I think there's a lot of um, younger people now who have grown up in a much more accepting environment and 
you know, for whom same-sex marriage was probably a bit more of a always a given, and there's a such a thirst at the moment for something a bit more radical um, because that sort of gay mainstream homo-nationalism has become so palatable to most of the population. Um, a lot of younger queers are feeling, you know, that that's not really representing them. Um, and also the Queer ACAB group, yeah, comes out of... There's been a long history of people, um, you know, protesting police in, in Pride um, and here in Brisbane as well. Um, so... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess as well with that, it, there's yeah, a lot of critiques we can all make of XR as a um, kind of brand and top-down kind of thing coming in. Um, but I think it's also important to remember that like, because they've got such a good branding and everything, they're pulling in all of these new organisers and people who are legitimately concerned about the future and like direct action is a legitimate thing we should be doing. Um, so it's understandable why all of kind of these people are kind of getting drawn in um, to be involved with XR organising and everything and I think it's good to then for us to kind of go along and like there's some people who do XR organising in the group as well um, and doing and kind of talking about the politics and trying to talk yeah I think it's important to explicitly state that the Queer ACAB group having a presence at this rally does not mean that we endorse the organisation of the rally um, and there are certainly people in Queer ACAB who um, do not support the messaging and tactics of XR even if we um, obviously care a lot about the environment. I guess one thing is that maybe you're going as well to, to hold the space like mm. because people seem to think that XR is like the only people that do anything yeah. and and also radical action like the tripod yesterday and and doing whatever XR does with super glue and stuff <laughs> um, like maybe not with super glue but people have done radical action like that before it's not like yeah, for sure there's always been direct actions happening in Brisbane there's always been activists getting arrested in Brisbane XR is not the first to do that yeah so, so it's good. I congratulate you for, for going. I know Peter, who contributes to this show, I mean, he's not going to really take part, but, but at least going and watching or supporting mm. what they do. But I don't think I could actually... It's important to note that, that XR of South East Queensland has um, explicitly distanced themselves from XR Victoria's sort of more bootlicking stance and um, has acknowledged the ongoing violence that certain um, demographics, especially First Nations people, do and are facing. But you're still like a little franchise. It's still like part of the brand. And I guess that actually does dovetail well into talking about the police and Pride and why you did the action at Pride. So what we might do is go to a song and then come back and talk about the action at Pride. You're on Fortriple Z102.1 FM with Linda Taylor, Ellen and Anarchy Dog Claude is yeah <laughs> as well. He doesn't like the police. No, I bet he doesn't. Yeah, he's um he's good, but yeah, he doesn't run outside when the police. Like, he won't. He knows. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to keep my distance from the police. Mm -hmm. It's safe. Yeah. Fingertips and tell me how they broke your heart. Watch the light that bleeds from the edge of the window start to fade. And the arpeggiator runs on, and the prosecco runs dry, and the drum is in time with your heartbeat. Do me a favor, please. Rest your head on my shoulder. Forget the future together, 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 
just wanna lie on the floor next to you with the curtains pulled and your favorite CD on. Trace my palms with your fingertips and tell me how they broke your heart. Watch your light that bleeds from the edge of the room. With Wolf J and together, and we are together this evening with Taylor, Ellen, and Anarchy Dog in the studio at Four Triple Z talking about the queer anti-colonial action bitches. Did I get that right? Yep. Yeah. Queer recap. Yeah. Now I can remember it because I know it's an acronym. <laughs> it can come together for a number of reasons, but. One action which you did was at Pride this year, and last year, and in previous years, there's been actions against the police. Uh, the first year when the police were there was 2015. My friend Anarchist and I, she, uh, when the march got to almost to the roundabout there before the park on Brunswick Street, she had this sign that said pride is a protest and she stood in front of the march and stopped the whole march and yes and uh and i recorded it and that went down well with some people but (laughs) not so well but uh yeah still a lot of people watch the video it's on on youtube just search for linda rose on on youtube in the following years there's been actions and you're doing a a thesis on it taylor (laughs) pride in brisbane and in many other places in the world there is this kind of tension between more i guess more radical people and more mainstream people Mm -hmm. and last year was it that there was an actual complete Uh, separate 2017 2017 yeah Yeah. um so we even in 2017 we still took part in the um official Brisbane Pride March as a block. Mm. It's just that then we um, took a huge bunch of people over. We had a full proper event over in East Brisbane. Um, So sort of a similar idea as we did this year, but on a much larger scale. Mm. There was two months planning going into that other one, whereas this one, it was, I think, three three weeks. Um, I feel like it was more than two months. Yeah, probably more than two months. <laughs> it's a fair bit of organising for yeah. our festival. And that was, a, that was a huge festival. It was also like a <coughs> huge controversy, controversy of people and people confused about why there were separate mm. events mm. And, and, and all of that. So why do you have that particular block as part of the march or why do you have the separate event? I think we have the the block. I mean, we haven't, um, you know, there has been discussion about not marching in, in the official Pride Parade for various reasons, but it draws a lot of visibility and a lot of publicity. And when you're trying to draw in the public or you're trying to draw in new people who are interested in marching with your block but don't want to be, you know, separate from the entire event and that sort of thing, they still want to participate. Um, 
it's a really good middle ground to to reach and you still get to have that whole rally cry and yeah. and marching in the streets sort of experience um as for why we first had the people's pride event um it was the very lucky coming together of a lot of different groups that um, had the energy and capacity to make that sort of thing happen. Um, but like you said, you know, the police only marched for the first time in full uniform as a block in 2015. And, you know, you and your friends protested then. I know that um, there was a lot of stupole drama about, like, the UQ Queer Collective riding to Pride and requesting that that didn't happen. Um, and then, yeah, in subsequent years, you had no Pride in Police and that sort of thing also holding up banners and, and um, interfering with the parade at the New Farm Park entrance. Um, but none of those consistent appeals to Pride Incorporated ever really got anywhere. It wasn't until we held an actual alternative event that was a threat to their money-making and their numbers through the door that they made the concessions that they made. And in last year's Pride, they had concession pricing and they had more of a focus on accessibility and they had um, you know, free tickets on, available for community organisations and or more than they used to, and a few other different things that they've never offered before. And, um, yeah. and Beck Johnson was elected president, who um, Beck has done a lot of work. I think actually was a co-founder of Indigilez. Mm. Um, and so one of our key demands was most of the Pride Board for most for most of the time I've known has been kind of dominated by white, middle-upper-class gay men. Um, and so just having more representation and more diversity. So it's nice to have Beck on there as well. Yeah, Although, and... The more diverse people on um, the Pride boards have come up against these same challenges that we've come up against. So it's it's good that there has been those achievements. I didn't realise that, mm. that, that it, yeah anything anything that changed. Although I did know like uh, an indigenous friend of mine did. I know there were free tickets mm. like available for her and her daughters. This year you did a you took part in the march <coughs> and you did a minute of silence which I thought was very effective I wasn't there but my friend was there she recorded it so yeah can you talk about why you chose that particular tactic yeah um, so first when we first started organising we were pretty keen to do a more antagonistic direct action I guess and kind of we talked about doing a cop block um, and coming in and yeah cop blocking the cops um, and stuff like that um, but then with the amount of time that we had to organise and just with the number of people, with kind of the number of people we could kind of get involved with uh, something that you would have to kind of keep on the down low until the day um, was one of the kind of main reasons. Well, there was a lot of reasons. That was one of the reasons um, we wanted to shift to a, something we didn't have to be so secretive about. Um, and another one was just, like, police are dangerous um, and they're particularly dangerous for queer and trans folks and we're particularly vulnerable to police violence. So um, doing a kind of more antagonistic direct action actually open it makes it a more unsafe action for more people, particularly in this community. Um, so another big reason was that we wanted to... Yeah, we wanted to make it a more accessible action. Um, and so then... Yeah, so that was, those were some of the conversations. And then we also thought, with that all in mind, um, one of the really powerful things about Pride in general is that it does bring this kind of protest element with humour and camp and funny. Um, so if we could combine those and do kind of a, a political art demonstration protest, um, that was kind of, we thought that moving, that, that would get all of those things together. Um, and that's how we ended up kind of having a funeral at first we thought it was going to be because funerals are fun yeah <laughs> well a campy funeral is fun funerals <laughs> as I like to call them yeah uh, at first we actually thought we were going to do it for like the death of pride like it's been co-opted commercialised there's cops here it's dead as a movement but then we thought that's um, but then we found out that they'd designated this year's official theme as mental health and so we thought uh, actually we can run with that um, and so we kind of ran along. I've just got the flyer here that we handed out at the um, beforehand to kind of invite people along. And uh, we kind of said, anxious about unfolding ecological collapse, depressed about the state of the world, myth that the gay stream has sold you out. You guessed right, your mental health struggles are political. 
so we kind of wanted to so we ended up making it a funeral for our collective mental health um, and we really wanted to say well if you want to talk about mental health let's talk about low wages let's talk about settler colonialism let's talk about capitalism let's talk about police violence let's talk about coal extraction like let's talk about gendered violence thank you like all these structural things that are causing us to have collective bad health mental health Thanks very much for coming in today, Taylor and Ellen from the Queer Anti-Colonial Action Bitches. Yeah, I got that right. Uh, Ago, the um, Claude just kind of <laughs> launched himself off. He was sitting on Ellen's lap. He launched himself off. We'll talk a bit more about the issues around corporations at Pride. And also, I've got a few bad cop no donut stories tonight, and included in that is the death of Joyce Clark. Joyce Clark, who's a Yamaji woman in Western Australia, and and uh, Taylor went to the the vigil for her, which was held after the climate march. So we're going to talk about that as well. Time for a song, Claude says, and we'll be back. Everyday spitter, chinky eyed rapper from a redneck village. Uh, my pen gains a new religion, make you reevaluate the man in the mirror. Uh, pre fill the propane, you wanna get a lit, I'm built to throw flames. There's levels to this shit, though, Ray. So far from me, just start the ovation. Let me lean on my swag, hit him with the facts and let him breathe after that. Such a neat kind of facts. Everything I spit is increasing cardiacs. Whoa, I don't wanna have to wave a gun around. No, I don't wanna tell you what my face and mouth. No, I just want my zeros in my bank account. Oh, play it on the radio and make it loud Got a feeling you're gonna up to this We transform it like we optimists Turning up with my accomplices Shut them down Grab a mic and then I'm killing them Put your hands up with your melanin Double up your daily medicine Shut them down Got a feeling you're gonna up to this We transform it like we optimists Turning up with my accomplices and then I'm killing them Put your hands up with your melanin Double up your daily medicine Ah, uh, I'm really on Land down under, dream Saigon Funky lunchbox, give me more Leave them in the city more Ah, uh, mama raised a go-getter Trying to be the goat, you rap, you know better Don't wanna be my co-defendant Diamond in the rough, I smoke my own pressure Ah, uh, got a hotline to heaven I might reconnect the top five to the present Ah, uh, or I might just forget it Pour the champagne and campaign for Senate Don't make me sit in parliament Whoa. Interrupt the speakers while I laugh at them Whoa. And put my feet up on the hottest bench Blow a little something, make us smile again If you ain't really about the life Then I'ma give you one more reason Why the cost of is a mind And they be telling you you're dreaming I'ma summon up my demons Like the blood in my Adidas Walk a country mind of freedom Got a feeling you're gonna up to this We transform it like we optimists Turning up with my accomplices Shut them down Grab a mic and then I'm killing them Put your hands up with your melanin Double up your daily medicine surprised this year. Well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was told that BHP Billiton had a float or a stall or a banner or something. Yeah, um, it was actually funny timing that when we stopped for the minute silence, 
um, and kind of stop the parade. The people behind us, it wasn't actually BHP Billiton, but it was Rio Tinto. Uh-huh. Uh, it was directly behind us. And so then we stopped and they had to come past the Queer ACAB banner. And then I think they walked past just as we were talking about settler homo nationalism. And you watch the video and you can see them kind of look at us and, and then hear that word and then just kind of like hurry and try and walk past as quickly as they can. Yeah, I noticed like, so some people stopped... But some people can, like, some people stopped when you did the minute silence. Yeah, um, I was pretty nervous beforehand because I'd been kind of reading up on what had happened at other Pride marches around the world, and those, um, granted, the the ones I've been reading, they've been predominantly kind of black and indigenous people organising them, and I'd say um, the our group is kind of predominantly settler, though not by any means entirely. Um, so we've got a bunch of privilege, so maybe that's part of the reason why um, at this time when we stopped, uh, most people were really respectful, like 90% of people stopped um, and listened to what we had to say and then actually did observe the minute of silence. Um, and it was only a very small number. You could see actually on one side um, PFLAG, which is the uh, parents, parents and friends of lesbians and gays, or essentially something like that. Um, and they stopped and they were really respectful. And then on the other side was Rio Tinto and behind them Brisbane City Council. Um, and they kind of kept, kept kind of, they squished to the side and tried to, to march through. And I think someone, that was the only, only kind of, uh, not violence, but just kind of someone yelling something actually came from Rio Tinto. Oh, no. Kind of get, a, get out of the way sort of thing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> not in mining. <laughs> What other corporations were involved? I'm not sure of the entire list, but um, yeah, there was Rio Tinto, BHP Billiton, Brisbane City Council, Telstra, Optus. I saw Woolworths there, um, and then like, not just the police, but also like, correctional services, all in their uniforms and everything, um, which is pretty gross. Um, but then I didn't go in. We had a kind of de- decommodified community picnic on the outside. Um, but if you go in, there's kind of, when I last went in those two sections, there's kind of the main um, drinking area, and then there's a whole section of stalls, um, which has, like, a bunch of the community groups um, and kind of from the queer and trans community, but then also has a bunch of corporations um, that pay to have stalls in there. Uh. It's like this whole corporate... It's like they're just, like... it's a, It just feels like a bit of a marketing like, market thing where they just... They get all of the... Um, the queers and trans folks in there and especially all of the kind of middle upper class white gays and lesbians who have got the pink dollar and then they just all these corporations come in and just show oh we're so gay friendly spend our money with us and just feels <laughs> yeah kind of gross yeah some of the music that comes out of um that festival should also be outward I think but yeah but actually somewhat so yeah the, the dancey music I think maybe towards the end was, was kind of fun like in previous years my friend and I have waited till the end waited till the end and, and they take the fence down but they still have music going oh nice and they can go and, go and dance so yeah uh yeah, we talked about how you're going to go to the Extinction Rebellion march. And what about any future actions? Because as we have established, it's not just about pride. Yeah, so at this stage, um, I guess one of the other things we were all wanting to talk about, and it was kind of convenient because um, the theme was mental health this year. And so we've been talking, as we start, we want to... Yeah, do actions into 2020 um, and hopefully I guess beyond that so I think we're going to focus on trying to get a really good culture of um, collective care and making sure people can kind of step up and step back as um, as they need to uh, but in the immediate future we've got the kind of first thing is on the 15th of October so that's uh, coming Tuesday um, at 6.30 in Banyaka Park in West End we've got a Brisbane Pride what that, next? That's- Two, two, Sorry, two Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Today's yeah. the first, so oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not always good with dates, but I can work this out. But I do know if yeah. you go next Tuesday, will, there'll be a different Brisbane Free University. So we're pub- partnering with Brisbane Free University to have a community discussion. They've got one thing on next Tuesday, and then ours is the Tuesday after. Okay, so two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to have a bit of a discussion about um, a circle discussion about where. 
Pride, where Brisbane Pride started. So Brisbane Pride started in 1990 as a collective, radical collective, um, and was kind of wanted to radically restructure society, was anti-capitalist, with mutual aid, all of these really cool things, and then just turned to shit. Um, So we're going to have a bit of a discussion about um, what it used to be like and what organising has happened in the past and what we should do in the future um, for around Pride. I think kind of from there into the end of the year or early next year, uh, different iterations of this this kind of group has organised the Body Positive Pool Party, which is turns a public pool. Um, we've traditionally done it in Musgrave Park Pool. Um, we kind of take it over for a night and throw a bit of a pool party and just make it into a trans and queer positive space. So like a public pool is a pretty horrific place. Like if you're outside the gender norm, um, yeah, it can, it's probably one of the last places you feel comfortable going. Um, so we turn it into a yeah, pool party and make it it's an awesome night, really good fun. Um, we always use that as a fundraiser. So in the past, I think last year, whenever the Stolen Loft Games were on, we fundraised for war for Stolen Loft Games, fundraised for Sisters Inside the year before. Um, so I'd guess probably with the direction we're going, we'll probably fundraise um, for the 2020 resistance um, this year. Uh, I imagine we'll actually probably... Some of the, the support that war and uh, other kind of Indigenous folks around the country resisting want is fundraising. So I imagine we'll be doing a bunch of that um, into the future. And then we'll also be doing some different direct action stuff, which I um, can't really chat about. Yeah, OK. <laughs> which may or may not involve superglue. <laughs> Probably no superglue. <laughs> <laughs> You're on Subversion 1312, the 4ZZZ Anarchy show. And I've been talking with Taylor and Ellen's taken Anarchy Dog outside. We've been talking about the queer anti-colonial action pictures and related issues.
That's right, it's time for Bad Cop No Donuts on the Anarchy Show, so version 1312. And Ellen and Taylor have volunteered to stay around and be involved in Bad Cop No Donuts. And first of all, I uh, wanted to, to mention the death of Joyce Clark. Clark in Western Australia. She was a 29-year-old Indigenous woman. She was killed on September 18 in Geraldton, Western Australia. So that was just a few days before the climate march. And so on that same day, there was a vigil held at King George Square. And both of you were there? Yeah. Yeah, and it... It sounded good. Can you tell me wh- what happened? Um, I think the um, how it unfolded and the feeling of the space was very similar to a lot of the other deaths in custody rallies that I've been to, and um, the numbers were, I mean, smaller than they had been, um, for instance, for Elijah Doherty. But unfortunately, the numbers for those sorts of rallies in Brisbane are often quite small. Um, it was a very mournful and serious space. It was um, there was a lot of space held for the very righteous rage that a lot of people were feeling, um, and it was just bearing witness to that suffering and the fact that we do have an ongoing war happening here in Australia, and um, a lot of people are at war and dying, and um, you know, yeah. There was a lot of talk about people's personal stories with, with the system, with the police, with the prison system, and um, yeah, the impacts of that, the lasting trauma of that. Now the story is that she she did have a knife. She was under the Mental Health Care Act, and the police were aware of that. She was just walking down the street. Um, she did have a knife in her hand, but she wasn't reported to be a danger to anybody. She wasn't threatening anybody. Um, she, if anything, she was probably most a danger to herself. And um, the police did not tase her. Um, the police did not attempt to wrestle with her or um, di- disarm her. She was just shot um, in the abdomen on arrival. And we heard that... It was only apparently like 10 minutes to the hospital, but it took the ambulance half an hour to arrive. Um, So you kind of wonder how long they took to report it and to actually call for help. Yeah, right. Okay. Do you know what's happening now, sort of like uh, in the aftermath, or is is there going to be an inquest? Yeah, we'll be going to court in some matter, I imagine, Um, but I think the Yamaji people are... Um, you're still dealing with that sorry business first and foremost right now probably I believe they were uh, they were also planning to be organising a rally uh, on the steps of the Western Australian Parliament and that was talked about on the night of the uh, the vigil Um, but no details kind of yet as when that would be held Um, and one of the things uh, when Uncle Sam spoke at the very start all of the speeches it was very everyone talks about how they were personally kind of every black fellow in Australia every family has probably got stories about police violence um, so it was very raw um, but one of the things that Uncle Sam talked about was the Death in Custody uh, Royal Commission which was obviously handed down in 1991 um, and many of those most of those uh, recommendations haven't been um, put in place and so one of the things that Uncle Sam asked uh, so Queensland is the last state to have um, criminalised public drunkenness on the books. Uh, Victoria used to have that, but then with the uh, police murder of Auntie Tanya Day, they've finally removed that. So Queensland is the only state that still criminalises public drunkenness. So Uncle Sam asked everyone at the rally, and I guess we can can extend that to anyone listening now, um, to please write into your local member and ask them to remove that from the books. And the Um, Attorney General as well. mm. Yeah. 
Okay, thanks very much for reporting on that. You mentioned that it took a long time for the ambulance to arrive, and I've got a story here, which the like they sent police instead of an ambulance, and the the person died. So Tristan Naudi, 23, died at a hospital in northern New South Wales three years ago. He was handcuffed, injected with sedatives, and held face down on a mattress before he stopped breathing. The inquest heard he was taken to Lismore Base Hospital on the evening of January 18, 2016 after he took lollies he believed to contain the drug LSD. He was later found to have ingested MDMA. The New South Wales Coroner's Court heard the drug unexpectedly made his behaviour erratic, which was out of character, and he became a danger to his housemates and himself. After triple O calls, he was taken to hospital in the back of a caged police car and placed in a mental health isolation room. Mr. Naudi was restrained face down on a mattress on the floor by four police officers with his hands handcuffed behind his back. One doctor who noted Mr. Naudi's head seemed to be firmly against the mattress recalled saying, can you please make sure the patient can breathe in that position? Mr. Naudi was given antipsychotic drugs and a sedative. Another doctor noted he was very quiet and didn't appear to be moving. He was turned over and doctors realised he wasn't breathing and the skin around his neck had turned purple. He was unable to be revived. The inquest continues with the question as to why an ambulance wasn't sent to his house being addressed. Only two ambulances were available in the Byron Bay area that night, and although Mr. Naudi's case was categorised as 2A, meaning an ambulance is required to respond within 30 minutes, this didn't happen. New South Wales Ambulance Control Centre Director Tony Gately said one ambulance was around 40 minutes away and the other was at Byron Bay Station. He said it was possible the dispatcher wanted to keep the latter ambulance at the station in case there was an urgent job such as a cardiac arrest. So that's continuing. Mm. The inquest into that. Constable James Head and Senior Constable Matthew McVicker lost an appeal in the ACT Supreme Court on Thursday against their conviction for assault. The two were on patrol on Australia Day 2017 when they stopped a car that had driven through the Civic bus interchange in the centre of Canberra. After some exchanges with the driver, the pair turned their attention to a backstreet a backseat passenger whom they dragged from the car, pushed face down on the ground and handcuffed. The victim's girlfriend filmed the altercation in which the officers are heard threatening the victim, telling him that they would arrest him if he did not shut his mouth. Justice Mossop said the most important evidence was the disturbing footage captured by a mobile phone by the victim's girlfriend. Dramatic the dramatic disproportion between the officer's conduct and the situation with which they were dealing is readily apparent in the video. He said Justice Mossop also said the arrest had not been legal and the officer's explanations were a defensive reconstruction. A lot of Queensland police have been stood down recently and there's an article talking about how the three every day in September I think it was one every one, three days one, yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> well you know like that makes a good story though doesn't it three yeah. every day but yeah uh, so but even in August there were lots of them so yeah on September 26 a 30 year old constable from the southeast region was stood down uh, in relation to computer hacking So September 23, a 58-year-old male senior constable uh, was then stood down and tasked with death duty and that was because he was charged with assault occasioning bodily harm. On the 17th, a male officer was charged with the offence of misconduct in relation to public office. And on the 27th, a 47-year-old was uh, investigated over unauthorised access of QPS information and inappropriate comments and remarks. A 55-year-old was investigated over 
allegation is he had an inappropriate association relationship with a vulnerable person. And on September 13, there's uh, someone was investigated and stood down because of alleged excessive force uh, of a suspect in custody. And on September 6, a constable was discharged. Uh, after having sexual improper sexual conduct towards a child under the age of 16. And uh, in August, there were seven officers stood down. And uh, I think it ends up that because there was an article saying that there were seven officers, I think it ends up being more than seven. Domestic violence is one reason that and uh, improper sexual conduct with a member of the public and excessive force and also finally a member of the police force in New South Wales was found in possession of cocaine when they did a drug dog operation at Star (laughs) Casino (laughs) so yeah so that's pretty funny also, there's. Uh, I'll just mention that the uh, there's. I was thinking about how Extinction Rebellion love people getting arrested, <laughs> and uh, I was thinking being arrested is not good praxis. It's not even praxis at all. No, it's, it's not a strategy. Arrested. Yeah, and uh, that got me on to de-arrests. Mm, love a good de-arrest video to make your day. Yeah, de-arrests are beautiful, and I'll put the link to that on the Anarchy Show page on the 4ZZZ website, which is 4ZZZFM.org.au. And I said I'd, I said to Taylor and Ellen I'd play some anti-police songs. So I'm going to go out with that tonight. And this is KRS-One and Free Canasty with Sound of the Police. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Taylor and Ellen for coming in. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us.
Asheville, North Carolina, in the southeast of Turtle Island, on land stolen from the Cherokee people. Independent media is a passion of mine. It's a way of bringing people together to tell and record their stories, to share the info and analysis that matters to us most, and that the capitalist press won't publish. It brings people into the streets, it sparks our conversations, it inspires us. That's why projects like 4ZZZ matter. Thanks. It's going down, and you're invited for what they selling. We ain't buying, there is no running, there is no hiding, there's only fighting or dying. It's going down, and you're invited for what they selling. We ain't buying, there is no running, there is no hiding, there's only fighting or dying. It's Going Down is a digital community center from anarchist, anti-fascist, autonomous, anti-capitalist, and anti-colonial movements. Our mission is to provide an autonomous and resilient platform to publicize and promote revolutionary theory and action. Go to itsgoingdown.org for daily updates. Check out our online store for ways to donate and rate and follow us on iTunes if you like this podcast. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash sub anarchy show. On Twitter, anarchy underscore show. And on the 4 Z website, 4ZZZ.org.au.